0: The Natural Hat Trick, hosted by Luke Lipinski and Craig Morgan.
1: Welcome into episode one ninety three of the Natural Hat Trick. Craig Morgan. Yeah,
0: are we allowed to converse? I mean, you just yelled at us. You said like,
1: hey, stop talking when I hit with Like, take nine. You guys don't see what happens off the air. No, we need to start filming this live stream. Luke Brow beats us. Yeah. He's a tyrant. Craig did say uh, whatever I say goes on today's show. Yeah, he made a mistake. He did. He, he, he meant something else. Uh, that's also yeah, Jamie Eisner. That's right. Jamie's here. Hi, yeah, they know. Jamie's right. That's a good point, Jamie. And I'm Luke LePage. Great point. I don't like where this is going. Where's the cowbell, by the way? we got a lot of requests for more cowbell. Oh, that's that. Cowbell. Craig's <laughs> got oh, Cowbell. Hmm. I have it right here. Okay, good. All right. So that's like a preemptive cowbelling. Uh, we're going to talk playoffs, so that means not much Chicago. So I don't know how much there cowbell There you go.
2: Oh, here. but you had them in. So often, so many times, you had the Blackhawks in the playoffs, didn't you? Didn't you, We don't, have a, we don't you, have a consolation let's bracket? Let's just come clean, Luke. <laughs> you had the Blackhawks in the playoffs. They don't
1: have a consolation this bracket? This is the sound the of show? my coffee rattling next, yeah, to, the right next to the mic. I know how you like crazy sounds. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, this is great for the listeners. Because okay. mm-hmm. we had more listeners, let's try to infuriate our, our loyal listeners. Um, well, let's be honest, they probably don't even hear Craig anyway. No, I should turn that mic back off. <laughs> Uh, where do you want to start? So let's start with the Coyotes. Well, let's. we're not off to a good start after no, those comments. No, we're not. And you yeah. didn't use the cowbell. I set you up with Chicago. I mentioned how we're going to talk he about Because he be preemptively
0: cowbelled. That's... Can't over cowbell. You, it's <laughs> you don't want to abuse
1: it. To over cowbell. Mm. Have either of you heard last week's show at all?
0: No, I was on it. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> and that was a mistake. And I apologize. Five of six points for the Coyotes. And what we were all saying was their biggest week since 2012, considering they played Chicago and Colorado and Minnesota. Um, yeah, about that road trip, though. The road trip prior to that. Yeah. 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 That, the hole the, that, 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 was,
0: hole the that was dug.
1: But the last time we did a show, they were just coming off that road trip going into that week of, of playing those three teams that mm-hmm. at the time were all around them. They get five out of six points. They
2: did. Imagine if they had gotten three points on the road.
1: They would be a they'd playoff be a, team. Yes, they'd be a playoff team. Yeah. Yep, we but, may look back on that road trip. Although, we should say as we're recording this, there are only one point out. This is not over by any means. How big was the last eight minutes in that game in Colorado and Oliver ekman Larson just taking over? Mm,
2: speaking of take, I mean, he's been doing it for a good chunk of time here now. They get 17 points in his last 21 games. I, I've been impressed with him at both ends of the ice. Derek Stepon said this the other day. He was raving about the way he's taking charge of the offense, and he said not to take anything away from his defense because he's been... Lockdown on defense. He had the one error yesterday where he pinched and got caught and then lost his man. But it's like the only mistake I can remember from him in a very long time here. He is playing like the best player on the ice, the best player on this team, and they needed it. They needed it desperately. He's really stepped up his game. It's been impressive to watch.
1: You watch it and you think, how long is that sustainable where you're going to hang around in a playoff race and depend on your defenseman to score you two goals in the last eight minutes? Uh, well, we've said this all the time, though. Imagine
2: OEL with a little more skill around him. He'd, yeah. he'd probably take a 10-point jump and he'd be in Norris conversations every year. And then people would overlook... Some of those mistakes he makes that other guys in Norris Trophy conversations also make, but they're on better teams, they put up more points, so that stuff
1: gets swept aside. There's not really a perfect defenseman out there that plays every game perfectly. And plays impossible.
2: with the puck so much and mm-hmm. plays with in all situations. He's playing a lot of PK now, you've seen this too, so... It's amazing, and he he's still playing through a knee injury, by the way.
1: Oh, yeah, no big deal. Yeah. And in that game against Colorado, he went down twice. So, you're, I mean, just knowing that he is playing with an injury, you're wondering, like, okay, is that that, or did he just get banged up and he's fine or whatever? But, I mean, Kemper's the MVP this season, but we've at least gotten to the point where people have stopped criticizing OEL, right? Just because it's like, well, if somebody scored and he was on the ice, it must be his fault.
0: Yeah, look, when, when you play with the puck as often as he does, you're going to—there there are going to be mistakes that are made, whether they're yours or just others on the ice, and but he has been playing at just such a high level. And and we, we've we all seen this for for lo- even long spurts in the past. Mm-hmm. It's not a shocking that Oliver Ekman-Larsen mm-hmm. can take over
2: the game for the Coyotes. Right, he scored 20-plus goals in two seasons.
0: Yeah, I mean, we, we have seen this before. And to me, this is the player that when we talk about what the vision is for Oliver ekman Larson, because we did almost a half a show on this a couple of months ago of like what Oliver ekman Larson's peak would be. This is it. It's just getting this and sustaining it over a long period of time because it's not a— a lack of skill. He's clearly a high-skill player. He's played through so many injuries mm-hmm. and also personal heartbreak over the years. There's there's no question about his physical or mental toughness. This is the type of player when everything is clicking together. This is what Oliver ekman Larson
2: can be. And also, he's going to be on The Bachelor. <laughs>
1: <laughs> By the time people hear this, it might not be April 1st anymore. Yes. So just True. be aware of that. True. Uh, although, that would be hilarious if he was on The Bachelor.
2: Oh, it would be amazing. That would be... in In that exact
1: suit that yeah. he's wearing. Yeah, the, the Coyotes released <laughs> today with the picture of him wearing. I don't even know where he got that suit. I don't, I don't suit. know what that is. He that's not he, Tyson Nash doesn't <laughs> even know where to find that suit. <laughs> Tyson wouldn't even wear that suit. Uh, no, to provide the offense to, to play through the injuries specifically, I mean, that's I've, I've long said this would be the most frustrating thing for me as, as a hockey player, if I was in the NHL, of some guys don't play through the injuries. They just don't. Or they, they, they need to be 95% before they're going to step out there and play. I mean, that's just the reality of it. We know from covering this team that OEL will play when he's 40%. He'll keep playing. But the way the NHL is set up, that doesn't typically leak out to the public until after the season. So then people look and they're like, oh, he's just not as good. as this, You know, And then this guy over here sits out and it's like, oh, he's fine or whatever because he's injured. That would be that would wear on me after a while. I don't think Oliver really cares what people say about him, or if he does, he doesn't show it. But yeah, he's, he's, he's also in the, hurt. he's also in the right market for that.
0: Like if he's playing in Toronto, for example, and given what's happening to that team right now, you might be more inclined to to open up about that. Uh,
2: yeah. when you're getting bombarded with hate on a daily basis. Yeah, and he might be helping them, though. <laughs> because clearly what yes. Toronto needs is help Look, on their blue line. And, yes. and he'd probably have uh, a few more points on that team, too. So they'd be pumping yeah, him for still Norris. i him over Morgan Riley. Yeah, me too.
1: Yes. Speaking of Toronto, would you say they're they're starting to flip out up there?
2: I think if the season were 10 games longer, they'd miss the playoffs.
1: Yeah. I, uh, <laughs> I'm kind of with you on that. That's... um. Well, here, before we get to Toronto, let's finish up with the Coyotes. So three games left this season, uh, L.A., Vegas, and Winnipeg. Colorado has four left.
2: Yeah, and United we're calling this a two-team race now, right? I think yes. they, they, they put the Hawks and the Wild out of the playoffs. Yeah. I mean, the Hawks helped themselves
1: by losing to L.A., too. I was but. surprised Chicago didn't score. Like I would have thought Chicago, in the game against the Coyotes, if you were going to beat Chicago, you were going to have to score three or four goals. And that game was one nothing. That's not a game I would have picked to go one nothing.
2: This is, th- and, and we can get to this when we talk about the shootout too, but I don't think the NHL public in general realizes how well the Coyotes defend as a team. I was walking out of the uh, locker rooms that night and I saw Connor, Mo- Connor Murphy just stop to talk to him. And he looked at me and he said, that's the best defending team that we have
1: played all year. He would know. He would know. He's like a coach on ice. Yeah, Murphy exactly. Yeah.
2: They they are just so tight, so disciplined, so patient. It's it's amazing to watch. And look, they they understand this is their identity. They're they're healthy now, other than Nick Schmaltz. But I think they realize now this is the way we're going to have success. So they just they just do it every night. If you're in a one nothing to one game, whatever it's going to be. That's the way you're going to have to play against the Coyotes. It's about finding your advantage as a the team. They, they can't
0: mm-hmm. compete with the top talent of some of the other teams in the league. They just can't. It's They're never going to win that way. So their way of winning, we've talked about their, their awesome PK. It's that and it's team defense. And it goes back to I a mean, point that Craig Morgan's brought up on the show for years. The, a very good indicator of how your overall team defense is, is how you perform on the penalty kill. Yeah, and that that has come together this year in a perfect storm to say this is what this is the advantage the Coyotes have over other teams in the league.
1: They have done a really good job of being honest with themselves about who they are from top to bottom. With mm-hmm. you know Chica realizing they're not going to be a, a spend to the cap sort of team, so use that cap space to take on other teams' contracts you don't have to pay or whatever, and then realizing yeah we don't have a superstar up front, so let's win with goaltending and defense and. Rick Tockett should win the Selkie, too, for the way he has them playing defense. <laughs> it's unbelievable. Now, one area where team defense doesn't show up, Craig, is in the shootouts. Yeah. Which, which has dis- decided this race, but it decided a very big game in the it, race.
2: It did. It's a one point for Colorado, one taken away from Arizona, right? So you, you imagine what it looks like if, if that's flipped. Yeah. And, and look, they still have to score to win that game, and maybe they don't in, in a little extended overtime, but that's my basic problem with the shootout. It's been there all year. It's been there for every team. I get all that. Everybody's dealing with the same thing. And those points lost in October and November matter just as much as the points lost in March. But with a game of that magnitude, it just felt so wrong to decide it in the shootout. And and what it did is it, it, rewards, it rewards certain skill sets, right? It rewards offensive skill and it rewards goaltending. The Coyotes have one of those. Colorado had both cuz Philip Grubauer has been ridiculous this month. The Coyotes greatest strength however is their team defense and it removes that from the equation entirely. So I would just love to see them I I know you can't keep playing overtime like you do in the playoffs. You'll you'll just exhaust teams and I can imagine regular season games that go four overtimes in this league. It would happen all the oh, yeah. time and then you just you you just crush teams. You can't do that.
1: Would it but, do that if it was 3 on 3
2: though? Yeah,
0: 10 minutes of 3 on 3, I would be shocked if no. 90% of games were or even more than no, that. No, I'm saying, where,
2: like I've had some people say, why change the rules at all? Well, no. that, that's why, because you can't you can't have teams playing no. four overtimes on a it's back-to-back. Just, yeah. You just can't do that. But if you added five more minutes to three-on-three, three, yeah, I think we'd see the uh, incidence of shootouts go down even more dramatically. I, I'd still prefer four-on-four, four because even three-on-three... Three, it's gimmicky, that's, yeah. that's, There's not team defense there, either. It, it changes the equation. It's all about possession and being careful with your shot selection. But it's I'd like to see that shootout, over
1: though. the shootout. The shootout's fun, but it's just, it seems like Are, an awful. Is it th- it's it's not not that, that much, much fun, fun anymore? For me anymore. Like, I know this it, it sounds disingenuous because we're all saying it after the Coyotes lost the biggest game of the season in the shootout. I get that. But I'm not even really, like, it used to be when they first went to it. If I was randomly watching hockey, you're at, you have the NHL Package, you see a game going to the shootout, you flip over to it. I don't care anymore about the shootout. Three on three is so much more entertaining to me than the shootout. So if you
2: had 10 minutes of three on three and the game is still tied, are you okay with bringing back ties versus going to the shootout?
0: I am. Yeah, I am, I but am. I know it'll never happen. Oh, so many people, people are word, vehemently opposed the the to ties. The word tie in American sports and is, like Canadian, a, yeah. is just... just Petrifies
1: people, but just there won't be. I mean, I think ties. The reason people are relatively okay with it in the NFL is it never used to happen. Now it happens like two or three times a year. It feels like. I mean, we'd have to run the numbers, but I mean, Toronto hasn't even gone to a shootout yet this year. Rick talk is okay with ties. Yeah, I mean, that's how it was when he played the game. They had ties back then. It feels like ties. I mean, teams would have like maybe four or five over the course of the season. Max. Yeah, if you have a ten-minute overtime, three on three. I, still again, I'd still like right to now. see
2: 4-on-4 four four versus 3-on-3, three three, but I understand you're not going to decide as many games. It's just it feels closer to hockey. 3-on-3 three three is a, a gimmick in its own right, right?
1: Yeah, but it is. There's no denying that. But I at least feel like as a team you can you can sort of put more strategy into, okay, we know overtime is 3-on-3, three three, so mm-hmm. you know we have our puck-moving defenseman out there. Maybe we go with three forwards and we, because we feel like one of our forwards is defensively responsible. There's just more strategy to it than... You're good in the shootout. You looked good in practice after practice the other day. You go shoot and decide our season.
2: Yeah, and and, and we have Nate McKinnon.
1: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's <laughs> who made you know like 17
2: moves in a five foot space to beat Darcy Kemper
1: <laughs> against a goalie that doesn't give up anything. Yeah, anymore. we was, have to talk about that Kemper. that
2: was just ridiculous. If you watch Nate McKinnon's goal, yeah, the, the Coyotes have don't have anything like that on their roster. Most play, most teams no. don't. I mean, was he was the number sick. one overall
1: pick for a reason. We've talked about Kemper a lot, and we're going to go—it's not just going to be full Coyotes here today, but since we're talking about them, I mean, two shutouts this week. This yeah. is unbelievable. We talked m- about it before. He's their team MVP. He's
2: named third star of the week
1: yep. in the NHL. I don't—how do you stack this up to what Ronta did in the second half last year? I know Ronta's numbers were still better, but they weren't playing for a playoff spot. and. I guess he was playing pretty much every night.
2: Yeah, he was. But mm. I mean, this is 20 straight starts, so he wasn't playing yeah. that often. So it's it's remarkable in its own right. Oh, did I use that word of yeah, all words? Remarkable. Would you call this season remarkable, I probably Craig? would call this season remarkable. Would you
1: say it's more remarkable than Vancouver's season, randomly? Slightly, yes. Okay. Yes. All right. Uh, Nick Schmaltz, contract. What'd you guys think of this? I know
0: what the comment section thought of that. Oh,
1: oh I didn't read the comment well, oh. section. Comment section... Uh, there are a lot of
2: Chicago fans that were on my timeline. Of they course, were all Chicago uh, fans. Including people comments. you know, like podcasters sending me one-minute long podcasts of profanities and really shallow analysis of Nick Schmaltz and Wait, thought I, can, I would enjoy it. I could send you one-minute audio clips just swearing? <laughs> my, my response <laughs> after that one-minute podcast I had to listen to was I, would, I wish I could have that one minute of my life back <laughs> because I gained absolutely nothing from it.
1: Where can, with the show, this podcast gained a lot from your reaction right now. Where can I find that? Was that sent directly to you? It was
2: sent directly oh, okay. to me. You'll find it on my timeline after I think I put out the uh, Schmaltz contract breakdown.
1: What's the problem that people have with it? Let's start there. Nick Schmaltz is terrible. That's what. Okay. So that's... He's a terrible analysis. defensive
2: player. Uh, he, he, was, he couldn't produce offensively at all. He had 52 points last season with Chicago. Yeah. So, okay. <laughs> 21 goals, 52 yeah. points. He uh, uh, produce because how, he got off to a bad start this year. Yeah. But and then he and had 14 him, points in 17 games like, with the, the Coyotes. Oh, and how old is he again? Exactly. It's it's like, just,
1: that's the one problem um, I have with, with people. look that and, and these are a lot of times people that are sports fans in Arizona that are really getting into the Coyotes now because of the run they're on. But they're like, I can't believe they traded a young player like Domi and, and didn't get anything back. Or a young player like Strome. The guys they got back are the same age. Yeah. I like guess yeah. like these guys are ready to retire. A
2: little different situation with their contracts, so you can you look at that and say, well, those teams that are getting a little more cost control down the road. But you know, when when people make that argument and that say John Chica mismanaged it because he lost cost control, really, that's that's what you're looking at. First of all, look at the Coyotes' cab situation; it's really not much of a factor for no. them. And
1: secondly, if they believe in the players, who the heck cares? It's just funny to me how, and this is maybe more of a different audience, this is more the in-depth hockey fan will look at the Coyotes and be like, they never spend money. And then when they spend money, they're like, how could you spend money? Well, what do you want? I mean, it's not like you're going to go out there and be like, uh, let's sign Connor McDavid those the the yeah. the number one center you can't get in free agency you make your trades for your guys the coyotes have liked Schmaltz for a while there's some risk involved here i mean he's the third highest paid player on the team he's played 17 games and they signed him for 7 years yes there's definitely some risk there and john site said that yesterday john chike said well, of course it's risk
2: reward here but and that's what's happening in the league too you're seeing these young players come out of their entry level contracts or sometimes these short bridge deals that they get but they go right into these big contracts so you're 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 betting on the future rather than what was happening before with guys like Brent Seabrook, who was paid for his past performance. Brian Bickle. You are. You're projecting. It's it's a lot about projecting what the player is going to be, what the cap's going to look like, what your own cash flow is going to look like. All of that played into this. But when you look at the money they gave Nick Schmaltz, you look at his – and I put his transition stats in the story that I wrote yesterday. That's where they really like him. Speed through the middle of the ice, both mm-hmm. offensively and defensively, because while he needs w- work on his defensive zone coverage, in terms of back pressure, he's really good. So they like that stuff about him, and he's a much better fit for Rick Tockett's system because of that. He gives them that speed through the middle that Dylan Strom will never give anyone because he's not a fast skater. So that works in the favor. And then when you look at the AAV, the number, you don't think... Oh, they paid him like a number one center. They did not, especially when you project where the cap's going to be down the road. They paid him as a middle six center. So if he gets to that point, if he reaches his potential, the number will make perfect sense.
0: Look, the salary structures are very different between the NHL and Major League Baseball, but these are this is the deal that you commonly see in baseball all the time, where you have a player that is not quite to free agency yet, that they're saying, it's better for us to take a short-term risk and overpay for the first year or two of this deal so we can underpay in latter years of the deal and have flexibility. And that's the kind of deal that Chaika's been doing. He did it with Chikun. He did it with Dvorak. He did it now with Schmaltz. It's the same type of deal. Take a young player and say, yes, there is inherent risk here signing somebody to this long of a contract that's probably not a $5.85 million player right now. But the reality is if he continues on the progression that people thought he was going to be on in Chicago and that we thought he would be on in the brief time he was here in Arizona, he would be a 7 or 8 or maybe even a little bit more million-dollar player three or four years from now, and that deal becomes a bargain.
1: It, it's That's it would, the gamble. It would be hypocritical of me to... to to like hate this deal because my biggest thing if you're a GM of a sports team is you have to be decisive and pick a path and go with it. And Chayka definitely has. And on some level, this trade will probably define him. This it, this and, yes. and the other moves, too. And I, that's what I wrote about today. Go ahead. Well, I just, I, the last calendar year. Yeah. Yes. But he's made a lot of moves that I, I think, and we've talked about this, they either break even or he wins the move. Now this, I mean, Strom and Perlini to Chicago of all markets, you're going to see that. Uh, if if those two excel and then he doubled down on, on Schmaltz after seventeen games. But you you chose a path and you went with it. I mean you're paying you're paying forward, like Jamie just said. The the salary cap's gonna go up over the next few years. A center. Yeah. Especially for yeah, a center. Premium position. He has long said that you you don't want to pay for past results, Chaika has, and he's sticking to that with, with the Dvorak deal and the Chikrin deal, and those ones were less. I mean, if if, if you got tired of Jacob Chikrin at $4.6 million a year, you could trade him easily, as opposed to Schmaltz might be a little bit tougher. Uh, but the other thing is, you are, I think, with this move, hoping to get, October Clayton Keller for more of the season by having Nick Schmaltz out there because Absolutely. Keller's best 17, 17 games this year we're playing with Schmaltz.
0: Look, this is also there are a couple things to think about here too. One of them is that this is not a team that can spend their way out of mistakes. So they, they are trying to lock up young players that they believe will be part of the core of the future because they cannot afford to wait. Because if they wait and they, they sign maybe Schmaltz to a two year deal and he becomes the player they think he is, he becomes unaffordable to them. In two years.
2: Yeah. Now, and, and again, I wrote this yesterday, and you just mentioned this, Jamie. I, I do think his moves over the past year will define his tenure as general manager. People are going to look at those Domi and Strom stats, mm-hmm. and, and they're they're going to evaluate him based on that. They're going to look at Galchenyuk and Schmaltz, obviously, evaluate him on that. They're going to look at the other guys that he signed long-term, Oliver ekman larsson Jacob Chikrin, Christian Dvorak, and evaluate him on that. And they're going to evaluate him on Barrett Hayton, mm-hmm. which was a – he, he – he, Went off script there. Not a lot of people expected him to make that move. But when you look at the, the, the situation they're in right now, what John has done, and, and he started this when he got rid of Mike Smith and said goodbye to Shane Doan, which was painful, he reallocated his money where he thought it fit. They have invested in the center position. They have invested in their blue line. And if Ranta can stay healthy, and now they have Darcy Kemper, he has invested in his goaltending situation. That's where you build your team. That's the core of your team. And if you look at the numbers now, the AAVs for Christian Dvorak and Nick Schmaltz, Christian Dvorak's number says, I'm a number 3 center. Yeah. Nick Schmaltz's number says, I'm a number 2 center, which means the Coyotes are banking on Barrett Hayton being their top center. That's how this all plays out. And then you have these two guys back anchoring your blue line, and you've got the goaltending situation. That's the plan moving forward. We'll see if it plays out. And again, this will define John Chaika because this
1: is his grand plan. But I, I don't – and again, there's certainly, to me, more questions about signing Schmaltz long-term than any of these other deals he's made. And by the way, Hayton looks amazing in junior this year. It's yeah. better than, than – He's he now up in, like, him. everybody's top five prospects. Yeah. Uh, but there's, there's – if you don't like the moves, you have to give me an alternate move of what you wanted to see. Do you just want Chayka to sit there and be like, oh, we'll just try and sign some amazing player in free? Like, we tried that in the past. It doesn't work. This team, now that they've built, this is going to be their team for a while.
2: And, and to your point about free agency, what's the one position you can add in free agency? Scoring where? Bingo. What's the one thing the Coyotes need? They need four of them. Okay. So he set up his core, and that's the idea. Okay, let's let this core develop. Maybe even it Maybe it even takes one more year, because if Barrett Hayton's stepping in next year, he's not going to be a, a massive contributor right out of junior hockey as he adapts to the pro game. At least we don't think so. But one more year, and then maybe you're at the point... Finance is willing because ownership also plays into this whole picture, where you can add those pieces on the wing, and you can suddenly have a team that you feel is at at the very least a playoff team, at best a contender. Yeah,
0: yeah. And look, you look a couple of years from now too. You you have some decisions to make with contracts coming off the books. You know, with Derek, you know, Derek Stepan's got two years left after this year. You've got uh, Alex Galagosky, Jason Demers, Nick Jarmerson. I mean, all you've, you're setting yourself up that you're still in two years from now. You're going to have a ton of money. And your young core, aside from Oliver ekman larsson is going to be in their mid-twenties.
1: Yeah, I mean, you can see, to Craig's point right there, you've got Step on for a couple more years as Hayden develops. And so if Step has to play number 1 center next year, he does.
2: Also a great role model to yep. show him how to play a 200-foot game. Not that Barrett needs a lot of teaching because he's already got that mm-hmm. in his toolbox, but he can sh- sh- certainly teach Nick Schmaltz a thing or two, and so can Brad Richardson.
0: And by the way, Stepan's only twenty eight too. Yeah, like, that's exactly. one of the things that, yeah. I always think about him as older than he is.
1: But he's he's been, only twenty eight. He's been to one cup, right? He was there with the Rangers. Yeah. around a long time. Yeah. All right. Uh, let's go around. Let's start. Let's get over to the East. We talked about this last week. Are the Carolina Hurricanes going to keep doing the uh, storm surge throughout the playoffs? And then the next day, Justin Williams comes out and says, "We're not doing it in the playoffs." And I, have they won Ooh. a game? What's What do you think the logic is behind not doing it in the playoffs? Because that, that wasn't my question last week. My question was, are they going to just do this till the end of time? Like every season, every time they win a home game, is it going to get old? But I definitely thought they'd still do it this year.
2: Yeah, I, I guess in the playoffs in particular, you want the focus to be on the playoffs and not yeah. the sideshow or anything. And maybe they're worried about that. It, maybe they're worried about the optics.
0: I feel like this is uh, the classic, we don't want distractions.
2: Yeah. Mm. Okay,
0: but they don't yeah. want players being asked about it so, during the postseason. They don't. Want, I, I, I guess uh, that that would be it. And and if look, if somebody's going to deliver that message, Justin Williams is a good person to kind of deliver
2: that message. I'm yeah. okay with this for the playoffs. Yeah. If they decide to just make this a regular season thing, I just wish they do it in the regular season again. I, I think it's bad to get
1: rid of it. Period.
2: Yeah, no, it needs keep to it as out. a regular season tradition. Mm-hmm. Because I The fans love it. it.
1: Yeah, he made it sound like that was just the <laughs> last one this season. Yeah. Yeah yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. Now it might all be moot anyway because they might not make the playoffs <laughs> the way they're going. <laughs> That's the problem here. Uh as we record this Columbus has won 5 in a row they have 94 points Carolina has 93 5, five and 5 in 92. their past 10 yeah they're playing the worst hockey of those three teams over the last 10 games and
2: as a result they're only 1 point ahead of Montreal 1 point away from falling out of the playoff picture now Montreal does host Tampa Bay next we'll see how dialed in Tampa Bay is still and all three Carolina's left. at Toronto and yeah. pretty much everybody beats Toronto yeah, that's these a free days win so. For Carolina. so we'll yeah. see how it plays out but can you imagine all that Carolina, for there was a while where I was certain they were getting in the way they were playing, and now I'm not sure about they're any. right on the cusp again. I'm
1: not sure. I'm yeah. not sure if they're going to make it.
0: I'm not sure about any of these teams, to be honest. I mean, Columbus has to play Boston. That's not, that's not a gimme.
1: I think Columbus is in, though. I mean, they, they've started to come together. They've won five in a row.
0: I know, but Columbus, if, so if, if Montreal beats Tampa Bay and Columbus loses to Boston, which is reasonable, all of a sudden—
1: Montreal beating Tampa Bay is not reasonable.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: I mean, Tampa Bay Depends has lost 19 Tampa. games this year. Depends they
1: they can't move. Tampa game. is. Tampa can still set the record for wins, though. Do they care, yeah, or do they cares? care about resting players? I don't know. Eight and two in their last ten games. It's, as Jamie said, even when they don't care, they're still five times better than Montreal, except <laughs> when they play
2: Washington. <laughs> yes. Yeah, which it's, it's... It, and is that a threat still? Are the Caps still a threat to Tampa Bay? They, they handled them pretty easily the other night. All I know is
0: I, I, the Capitals won't be intimidated by them. No, they beat them in their own building.
1: Yep. We'll Where get the to cup. The Capitals are playing well. Like.
2: Washington's gonna win the metro and Washington's playing well.
1: Are we just gonna do this now? That's my pick to win the cup if Tampa doesn't win it. Yeah. The caps? Yeah.
2: I, I wouldn't Disagree with that as I, the second team? Because I don't think anybody in the West is winning. No. <laughs> because,
0: Everybody no. in the West is a disaster.
1: It, it's going the same way it did last year when we did the show. And I didn't pick Washington to win the Cup last year, but I had them going deep. Because, well, because they were the Capitals then. <laughs> yeah. But there but there wasn't nearly as much pressure on them last year. People had given up on them. There's People aren't even talking about them this year. And to me, they are the second best team in the NHL. I absolutely would not be stunned if they won the Cup again. And I think they like the fact that they're flying under the radar. If, if I if I had to sit here and pick my winner, I'd still go Tampa because it would almost be negligent not to pick Tampa. But then Washington and then Winnipeg. Those are my three teams.
2: I think I want to see Tampa and Washington again in the conference mm-hmm. final after last season. Well, It'd last year we really saw Washington.
1: Story. We didn't see Tampa show up in well,
2: the conference Well, you were front. talking game six and seven. Yeah. Before yeah we got, we got we five games with Tampa. We saw plenty of Tampa through the first five games.
1: Those first five games were fun. Yeah. It was a back and forth. There was two teams on the ice and everything.
2: And then Tampa just assumed that the last two games
1: were exhibition games and they had already advanced to the cup final. Yeah. Who are you guys taking if it's not Tampa? Washington. Yeah. yeah? Okay. Yep. Uh, I want to go back to that that playoff race, though. In the East, it is, it's just crazy. Like, if Carolina had beaten Pittsburgh yesterday, they would have jumped Pittsburgh in the standings. Mm-hmm. That's how bunched up it is. Yep. If, to Craig's point, if the season was a little bit longer—right now, Montreal's 92 points. They're not in. There's a good chance, like, 96 points doesn't get you in in the East this year. If Toronto only has 97 points, they're not that far out of missing the playoffs. They won't because there's just not enough games left. Oh, yeah. That team is a mess right now. They are a mess. And I, uh, you know, we keep talking about this.
2: Does Mike Babcock get a, another year to... It but, keeps getting worse. But it does keep getting worse. And if they bow out in the first round of Boston, which I think they're going to do... Do you really say, "Yeah, we'll bring the coach back"? There seems to be something wrong there. Something internally is wrong beyond just the fact that this is a young team, and yeah, they need help. they need some help on their blue
1: line. There seems to be something wrong there. They lose to Ottawa every game now. That is a pretty good. They sign lose to everybody. That you yeah. have an issue. Uh, I mean, this talent wise should be one of the top four, or three teams in the NHL. Maybe I mean, two? lost seven of
2: their past ten yeah. games.
0: I mean, they've run Freddie Anderson into the ground.
1: Yeah. I mean, they've
0: completely run him ragged.
2: I don't think he's in my Vezina conversation no. anymore, the way he's played. But yeah, to, to the greater point, I just I, you can't feel good about Toronto the way they're going into the playoffs. Do they even get to a seventh game against Boston?
1: Yeah, see, right I,
0: now, like I mean, I, I would take Boston in six.
1: I still think that if Toronto goes up Two nothing in that series or two one, it all flips and all of a sudden it's like, oh, we're. The, I see. The I don't. I don't know
0: team. because I feel like, as weird as it sounds, there's no pressure on the Bruins.
2: It, yeah. it doesn't. And flip we keep the under- sense, underestimating
1: the Bruins. We keep, keep underestimating the Bruins. It doesn't flip in the sense that Boston's like, oh, what are we going to do? But I, I, I think some of this is Toronto buckling under the pressure and not having confidence. If they get their confidence back, yes, that's a seven game series that they could win. I agree. Boston is a much better team.
0: I just think it would have. They'd have to actually win the series because I, I mean they could be up two nothing in the series and I don't. I don't think they, the narrative is going to be oh the, oh every. Things fixed. It's well. They better not blow this, right? Do you remember the
2: laments earlier, though? Yeah. Of, like, oh, the three best teams in the NHL are all in the same division. Woe is Toronto
1: that they have to. Well, yeah. Nobody's uh, saying that about you anymore. Uh, I don't yeah. think they have you in their top eight now. Not uh, not the way they're playing. I, I do think they could turn it around though. But I love the fact. Wouldn't that be the Boston? six seed?
0: If if we went to the old system,
1: yeah, maybe they're just trying to drop down into a wild card spot. So they don't have to play Boston. The funny the thing is, is, yeah,
2: they'd rather play the Caps. Yeah, <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs> I think that's a better matchup though for Toronto. Washington. I mean, Boston is is the worst matchup for them, other uh, than Tampa.
0: Other than Tampa, yeah.
1: Tampa is just so much better than them. But I think Boston. I mean. Boston's going to beat them up, no matter what. Who wins that series, Boston's going to beat Toronto up, and they just don't seem mentally strong enough to handle that. And mm. I can't wait for that series to start. Yeah, I'm ready for the playoffs now. We um, so we think Montreal's the team that doesn't make it, or are we I worried don't No, no, I don't yeah, know. I still think I it's Montreal. Don't know it's... I do think Columbus is in. You think they're getting in, and I don't think that's a team I'd want to play. As much as I think Washington could win the cup again, that's an interesting first round series: Washington, Columbus. I guess. Yeah. James, is that one of your? Stations? I, I don't, I I don't think any
0: does. of these three teams in the wild card race can hold a candle to most of the other teams in that. Aside maybe Toronto, since they can't win anymore. Yeah, It'd be funny yeah. if they went out there
2: and just held a candle. I, I know I agree. that Carolina, it, it, Columbus, so, Montreal. No,
0: the problem is, is although any of those three teams might have a chance to get to the conference finals in the West, but yeah. in the East, like I just, I don't, I, I think they're good, but they're a clear step down from me, from even from the Washingtons, Tampas, Boston's of the world.
1: All right, over to the west then we know another playoff series with uh San Jose and Calgary or nope. deciding the division. San Jose playing Vegas in the first round. Now. Yeah. Yeah.
2: I don't know what to think of the Sharks because I don't you know, without Eric Carlson, how do you how do you evaluate?
1: I think they'll be fine. That's yeah. that's a horrible first round matchup though. For it, them. It sure it's a great is. one to watch. Yeah. That'll be a great series. It yeah. really will. Both of the two bo- as much yeah. as we hate the playoff format, the first two series that we know for sure are outstanding. Mm-hmm. Yeah,
0: but I mean, we, but we knew Boston, Toronto for Six months Wait, well, I guess it's technically not in stone yet, but it is.
1: <laughs> we how pretty confident they're playing next year in the first round too. I yes. mean, I think we know fourteen months ahead of time for next year. Boston, the, fun, the, the, the
0: only fun is where does the series start? Yeah, <laughs> like that's that's it.
1: Hello, it's getting fun listening to, to Canadian broadcasts leading up to that series for the last month, and they have just <laughs> the roller coaster of emotions they're going on up there.
2: So, and I, I know we're talking about the West, and and we just mentioned the San Jose Vegas. Match up, but I, I look at the situation in Canada now, and, and I wonder now, is Calgary seriously Canada's best chance? I don't know what's up with Winnipeg right now. The Central Division is somehow in play for the St. Louis Blues, who were off to a god-awful start, buried at the bottom of the Western Conference. Now they're two points off the division lead. They host... Colorado tonight, which Coyotes fans will be tuned into. But St. Louis has a lot to play for. They're probably the team that's playing the best hockey right now. What the heck is up with Winnipeg and Nashville?
0: Well, There's just been Nashville first. There's just something about them all season. And and I I can't put my finger on it. I keep keep saying this every show because I don't have a tangible thing to look at and say, this is what I think their problem is. They just don't seem like as good of a team as they've been the last couple years. And I don't know why. Winnipeg I don't know if they're just bored at this point. Like that, the talent level of that team is not in question. Why all of a sudden? Why all of a sudden the last month have they decided we're not going to play? I mean, they're playing below 500 hockey in the last month, right? Yep. I mean, it's,
1: yeah, it's, it's, it's just, bad. Because they shouldn't be complacent. You can, on some level can make the argument with Toronto, even though that's not what's going on there, that they, they've they known who they're going to play in the first round for a month and a half. Maybe that takes the, the edge away from your game. Winnipeg doesn't want to play Nashville in the first round or St. Louis. Yeah, it's, a, it's just a shame that St. Louis doesn't get to play Winnipeg. But listen to the Blues' last four games
2: when you think about the possibility of them winning the division. And by the way... Craig Berube being the Jack Adams Award winner this year, who doesn't get talked about as much, yeah. but if St. Louis wins the division after
1: where they were, before they changed coaches, yeah. wow, what a turnaround. We mentioned him a little bit on the show, though. Somebody, was a little it Adam, bit. Adam Gretz had him on there?
2: Yeah. As, yeah, and Rick Tockett mentioned him last night.
1: Yeah, he did. <laughs> he said, what did he say if, if St. Louis beats Colorado? Yeah, he he said,
2: Craig Berube is one of my best friends if he wants to remain my best friend. And then he said, yeah, if they, if they win, I'll vote for him. Of course, Rick Tockett does not have a vote, but... No, he does not. <laughs>
1: It's a nice empty promise. But maybe he'll
2: maybe he'll uh, influence other people. Rick can be influential. He, I could I could see that.
1: <laughs> yes, that's more like.
2: So this is St. Louis's last four games. By the way, the Blues could run the table very easily. Win their last four games. They host Colorado. That's a big game for the Coyotes, obviously, but big game for the Blues because then they're at Chicago. They host Philadelphia. They host Vancouver. St. Louis could go four and zero and win the division here.
1: Yeah, and if they even if they just beat Colorado tonight, they tie. Wow, this is a mess. They tie Winnipeg and Nashville, but they'd actually be ahead of Nashville because of ROW.
2: They would somehow get to 100 points if they do that, too. Yeah. Who would have thought the Blues would be anything close to 100 points? Which
1: would make them a borderline playoff team in the East. (laughs) Right. Right. But no, again. There's there's a lot to play for for them, and they have mm -hmm. Tarasenko back.
0: Yeah, and look, Nashville's schedule, they've they've played one more game than Winnipeg and, and St. Louis, but they go at Buffalo, home Vancouver, home Chicago.
2: It's not exactly a murderer's row. It's just that when you look at the way Nashville and Winnipeg have been playing yeah. versus the way St. Louis is playing, I just, I don't know.
0: Winnipeg is at Chicago, at Minnesota in a back-to-back Monday, Tuesday, and then at Colorado, and they finish at Arizona.
1: So whoever wins that division is going to play Dallas in the first round, and then whoever doesn't, those two teams are going to meet of those three, Winnipeg, Nashville, and St. Louis. I mean, mm-hmm. is, is there is there still as much value now as there was earlier in the season to playing Dallas as opposed to Nashville or whoever in the first I, round? I think so yes. still, and, and I
2: just—look, I, I still think teams want to have home ice when it's all said and done. If you get to a Game 7, you want that seventh game. That's where—the only time where I think a game, uh home ice matters is Game 7, but—
1: They'd like to have it. I think any team would like to have it. If uh, Obviously, a lot can change because teams are out by just one point. But if it was Columbus, Carolina, uh, Dallas, and Colorado as the four wild cards, which one of those is most likely to pull an upset in your mind? In Colorado. Colorado. You think? Because Col- the- and the, that top line. They're the best of those four teams. They're I also think.
2: getting secondary scoring lately. I don't know if you guys have been reading Ryan Clark's stuff. We just had him on the show. But they've been yeah. getting secondary scoring to to supplement that crazy good top line and Philip Grubauer's save percentage this month is just off the charts.
1: Also, I'll just say as much as we joke about how every every team gets their best player back right when they play the Coyotes, hmm. Gabriel Landeskog coming back as much as that's more of an impact player doesn't bother me cuz nearly as much because Colorado needed the game and they were playing the yeah. team that they're as as New Jersey getting five guys back in the middle of March to play the Coyotes. And yet Clayton Keller open net post. Just saying. Uh, I forgot about that already. I was trying I think I blocked that out. Jamie looked like he was going to say something of extreme value. Nah, I well, it. I don't know if it's extreme value.
0: I do think Colorado is the team most likely to upset in the first round, but I do not think they're the best of all the wildcard teams.
1: Ooh, who do you think it is? Columbus.
2: Columbus. Yeah. Jamie's Col- a big Columbus fan. He is.
0: I think Columbus would beat Colorado and Dallas He's and Carolina today.
1: in a seven-game series. I thought that was an eagle shirt that was He's just inside out of the blue jacket. three different colors. It's tricolored. Chai-colored?
0: No, tri-colored. Oh. Not, not Not your drink.
1: <laughs> uh, anything else in the West? Other than L.A.? Are they going to get Panarin? Though I don't know, but why uh, would, why you, would go, you sign? Would there? you go to L.A.? Because uh, ar-
2: if if Artemi Panarin goes to L. A., we'll understand. It will lay bare what is most important to him. But he wants a, to live in a cool place on the beach. But there, yeah. there are other places. Cool <laughs> 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 there yeah, are on
1: on the other beaches.
0: Beach?
2: <laughs> really? Where?
1: Uh, they can go to Florida. Florida. I, mean, Florida. I, Florida. I would go much go rather live go in L. A.
2: Sunrise. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe not as cool. Well, they're making a push for him. But yeah, the Fort
1: Lauderdale Beach is pretty good. It's one of those three, right? Isn't it Florida the Rangers or the Kings? No, I don't think it's that limited. Actually, I could see him going back to Chicago. Yeah, well, go, oh, well, or, or
2: Chicago, go Chicago. Yeah. Go to the Rangers. Go. To, I, I wouldn't know. go to the Rangers. I, I look at the Rangers. I'm like, I've, why would I? Why would you Rangers go there unless you the just want to live I in New York?
0: Said, so you can't realize. I think
2: the Rangers are closer to being a team that
0: matters than the Kings.
2: Yes, I agree. Well, the <laughs> Kings are. I think he's imploding. Going to the they're imploding. Drew Doughty is ripping every player in the NHL. Yeah. They hate their coach, reportedly hate their coach.
0: They locked him out of the Which is
2: not maybe. a surprise because he was like choice seven. And the Kovalchuk signing is going well. Yeah, the Kovalchuk signing is going well. Who could have well.
0: seen that as, as a potential sticking point at any point?
2: And they've got a lot of old guys. Guys. Old guys. Yeah, these
0: guys. assignment tracks Until the end of times. Um, And yeah.
1: But other than that, everything's going great.
0: But for the they're game. in LA.
1: Peachy. They won their two Cups, though. I they mean, did get their I, two Cups. I, they got so. their
0: rings, plural. It's all that matters.
1: But it is similar to Chicago in the sense of... It's not similar that they could have kept winning Cups, but they don't have to be this bad. Nah. Yeah, I don't think they were as sustainable as the Blackhawks. No,
0: because the, the Blackhawks made financial mistakes. The Kings built their team very specifically, and the game changed Almost immediately after they won
1: that. Second and they match. refused to, to to adapt to the rest of the league. We they can were, keep winning this way. We're, we're just keep, keep winning this it was way. the LA, really the LA Bostons guys.
0: of the world. Boston adapted.
1: Boston did adapt. LA did not. LA did not at all. They were like the old guy in the neighborhood screaming at all the kids running around his yard. <laughs> they were just like, no, we're going to keep signing six foot four guys that can't skate. And, More Dustin Penners. And it really worked for them. Yeah, they're a mess. Uh, but it's kind of entertaining at this point. I'm really trying to get Craig to, to use the bell, and he's not using it today. Can you just hand me that bell? That way I can ring it. I don't really feel I ring the it need, too need to, loudly, though. To, to use it. Okay. Well. You can
2: just take an overt shot at the Blackhawks and then I'll use it. I did earlier in the show. Well, I missed it. I'm sorry. Okay. I'm old. Well, just like they're missing the playoffs? Sorry. I blanked out for a moment. <laughs>
1: <laughs> hey, how about John Tavares going back to Long Island? To hey, how about phone? that?
2: That's <laughs> kind of old news. He's already done that. But he's could do it again. It went so well. Do they have, another, do do they have another video? Do they have more stuff to throw on the ice?
0: I Although the oh, Islanders is, are now in much better. Yeah, the is that Maple game Leafs. at Nassau
2: or uh, Barclays? It is Nassau. I don't know. See?
1: That, I'm not used to having a team play home games Barclays in different buildings. buildings no.
2: There, as Jamie knows.
1: Yeah. It's all the same, isn't it, Jamie? It is, does blend I, together. I mean, actually. technically, so but if you, if
0: you told anybody in Brooklyn that they're on Long Island, they would not take too kindly. No, I know. That's why I said it.
1: Toronto's been a mess ever since that game.
0: Yeah, when what was it? Was like five nothing in that game? No, more than that. It was like eight. How many did they give up? Because I wanted them to lose. I wanted them to lose nine to one. Because it would have been
1: hilarious. It would have been hilarious. They did not lose. They lost by a lot. Though. They they did, and they haven't been the same ever since. I actually have their schedule right here, but I can't find it. So oh neat, it is at
2: NASA. So there you go. Which, by the way, for all its uh, flaws as a modern day NHL arena, it sure is cool to be in that building with Six its history one. and not not just the Islanders' history, of course, which you guys. Don't remember because you were barely yeah, alive. Yeah, because alive.
0: When they won cups, no. <laughs> it's just depressing. Oh, to I me. want to talk about but
2: that. all that stuff. But then also the uh, the the ABA's Nets played there. They have this Julius, Julius Irving stuff, and then the press box, which is I I'd call them tight quarters. <laughs> But it's like – it's so much closer to the ice and so much lower than any other press box in the league. It's really cool to be on top of the action like that. You don't get that experience anywhere else. So I I I actually enjoyed being back at NASA. They put a lot of money into it, too. The seats are all new and they put that weird metal skin thing on the outside of it to make it look modern. Oh, yeah, yeah. So – they dressed it up a bit. It still feels like an old arena when
1: you're in it. But You're saying it's it's your favorite arena in the NHL? That's no. That's what I'm hearing. I mean, I'm, at least it's, the it's no seats, Little
2: Caesars. At least the seats all match now, which they didn't previously. <laughs>
1: <laughs> uh, with with I want to go back to Washington because you just brought up the Islanders in the early 80s with Mike Bossy. And now Ovechkin hits 50 goals for the eighth time in his career. I know we've talked about this in the past, but the most anybody's done it is nine, correct? Is it Gretzky and Bossy have each done it nine times, I believe. And Ovechkin's done it. Your eight note, times. Luke You could at least do the yeah. research. Okay, yes, I mean, I'm that's, that's, You're that's just gonna throw that out there. Yeah, that's okay. accurate. <laughs> he could hit he could hit ten. I, I absolutely really, could he really is the best pure goal scorer I've ever seen, and I'm starting to wonder if he's just the best pure goal scorer of all time given the era that he's playing in.
0: Do you think he gets enough appreciation?
1: No. Because I don't, I never thought he did. Not, not appreciation. I'm assuming relative to sense. his talent level. But it, I mean, people got sick of him and Crosby because the NHL ran that into the ground that rivalry. Yeah. But if you're just talking about, I don't think Crosby or Ovechkin gets appreciation as much as as they deem based on their actual play. This, not the rivalry. This
0: would be a classic. Like history looks back more fondly.
2: You are correct. By the way, I just did the research. Yeah, it, was, it was at the at my fingertips actually. <laughs> Look at that. It's it's funny how easy you can easily you can do it
1: well, if you need to. But I didn't so need Mike
2: Bossy with nine, ring Gretzky with nine, Gila LaFleur six. So he's in rare company already, and sure he's going to get to nine. I'm 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 almost certain
1: of it, unless he gets hurt. Right? But none of those guys you're reading off have played in the last.
2: 25 years. Yeah, the guys, and that's interesting too, you're right, because the game has changed and that that needs to be stated because all the other guys in the top 10, Bossy, Gretzky, Guy Lafleur, Mario Lemieux, Marcel Dion,
1: Pavel Burre, Bobby Hall, Phil Esposito, Brett Hall, they all played in a different era. I guess Bure and Lemieux played, I mean, the most recently, but... If you watch footage of of the eighties, now, yeah, it's, a, it's great. It's like okay, what was I watching? who are these
2: skinny guys who are moving so, so slowly on the ice? Yes, yes you'll see
1: guys come I down think. the right side and just shoot the puck from like outside the faceoff circle, and, the, and goalie, beat the goalie, the goalie will like kick at it and then just look behind and be like, oh well. <laughs> like, they it's don't so drop true. down. They're not in position. It's so true. How much the game has progressed since the eighties is insane. <laughs> and the goalies were all half the size that they are now. Yeah, whether it's pads it's, or whatever, it it's is.
0: it's hard to even compare. Even relative to other sports. I mean, every sport has changed dramatically, but, but it's But it would be like
1: if in baseball they used to use a bat that was like three times as wide. Or as unjuiced it is, you know. baseballs. Yeah. What a novel concept. Look at that. Um, I just, I think he, I mean, he's he is going to go down in my mind as the best pure goal scorer. That's not saying he's Gretzky or Lemieux. Those guys best are better Best pure goal scorer players. ever? He's well, here's getting there. The yeah. you, you go 50 goal seasons, but let's look at 60 goal
2: seasons. But that never happens anymore. It doesn't. But Gretzky and Bossy did it five times each. Yeah. Bossy did it five times. He's the only guy. Look, Gretzky was a playmaker first. He really yeah. was. He just But Gretzky could do whatever he wanted. Like, w- remember those goals he set? I want to average two assists this season. Yeah. And then he did. Gretzky
1: is the best was, player of all time.
2: Right. Yeah. But Bossy, I got to watch Mike Bossy. And Mike Bossy was a pure goal
1: scorer, too. He was incredible. And the fact that he got to 60 goals five times. Well, that's where this conversation started, because you brought up the Islanders. and that mm-hmm. I, I, Mike Bossy is a blind spot for God, me. God, you're
2: good at segues. I know. I'm, even even when you don't know, I even like when you weren't alive, it's
1: to amazing to see. Look at that. I want
2: you guys to appreciate Luke Lipinski right Everybody. now. Everybody, it's, it's an excellent. Point Should we look. just sort of like let that sink in? Yeah. No. Do you have any like a drop you can use here? No, just like no. ah something like that.
1: No, but I'll have just that one in you, the future. Beautiful. No. I'm, I'm just creating a folder of trying to drops. help you out here. Yeah. Well, you you definitely are. Uh, from greatness to I don't know what's above greatness, but the Red Wings are point five in a row. No, it's not. Me. They're back. <laughs> They don't want Jack Hughes. They've made that very clear. (laughs) They hate Jack Hughes. Stop winning. What are you doing? I respect that. I I hate it when teams are like, no, we're just going to keep losing for lottery balls. It doesn't
2: matter now. It clearly doesn't doesn't matter.
1: What are you doing?
2: Who's my? uh yeah, Never mind. You guys don't even know this reference. I can't do these references with you guys. It kind of sounded we need like Seinfeld. Dave Vest. In, well, no, no, we don't really need Dave actually. Vest. Let's we, go. We need Dave yeah. Vest in no, them, but we sometimes. No, not at not least right. someone who understands my references. We'll just text him. And okay. He'll he'll pretend to laugh, and you can no, feel better. He'll get back so. to me in like three hours, though.
1: Dave show pretends be to be a busy man. And... Yes, he does. <laughs> He's very good. He at does
2: that. pretend to work.
0: Who's Buffalo? I don't even care what the question is. Buffalo.
2: who's going to win the cup? no. Who are the three teams that you would? Deem most likely to land Jack Hughes? Who's most. Edmonton, Buffalo, Colorado.
1: Yeah, in all seriousness.
0: Ottawa. I would go Colorado, Buffalo.
1: What do you mean, in all seriousness? I think Edmonton's going to win the draft <sighs> lottery. I, I absolutely don't. do. They get Jack Hughes. Ugh. They although, have to change the rule. Although the team we haven't talked about that would be
0: intriguing Jersey. You've got Heath shear, you've got Hall. If you get Jack Hughes there, I mean, you still, you still have to work on that
1: blue line.
2: Jamie, I know you're from the tri-state area, yeah, but-, but do you really think most people would refer to New Jersey as intriguing? That was
1: an interesting word Compared
2: so to Buffalo and Ottawa and Edmonton? Maybe. Well, how about this one? Chicago. No. Um, no. <laughs> we, don't, we don't need Jack Hughes going to Chicago. Chicago or Vancouver. Vancouver, Vancouver, by be, the way, has suffered in the lottery just as much as yeah, the counties yeah. have.
0: Yeah, no, Vancouver would be fun. Wow, Van- with Van-
2: Patterson. Elias Pettersson? Uh-huh. Oh,
1: my goodness. Vancouver, LA, and, and Detroit <laughs> would be the most interesting to me, any of those three. that could realistically get it. I mean... So we'll end up in, like, Anaheim. <laughs> well, just because... New Jersey yeah, Jersey yeah, just we, got we, Yeah, So it's like you just had the number one pick a couple of years ago. And I know the NHL likes to give the Not number much one of pick the draft to the same year,
0: team. By the yeah, yeah, the NHL would never give the number one pick to a team that recently got it before. No, but... <laughs> Can't uh, think of any scenarios in which that would be the case. I mean,
1: the most interesting is Colorado, but that would just be terrible. Because you take a team that's a playoff team that potentially is a playoff team that probably should have been a playoff team all year long. Yeah. And you add the best player in a in a pretty strong draft at so, the center position...
0: I mean, Chicago would be interesting. The other team that would be interesting, not going to happen because of a, a litany of reasons, but Arizona.
1: But well, yeah, one, then you add your center.
0: Yeah, but one, the odds are going to be microscopic, and B, Arizona winning the lottery.
1: One and B. <laughs> <laughs> and triangle... Coyotes winning the lottery. Yeah, I know, right? The coyotes have the worst record. One. I know. Isn't that it's not adorable? Would your attitude change if the Coyotes had the worst record right now? We would still just all be like, okay, well, no, we're talking an about. Yeah,
0: we talking about who would be the third pick.
1: Yeah, they have no chance <laughs> right, to get right, one right. of the top two right. picks ever. So that the lottery is in like a week, isn't it? Yeah, they're holding it early yeah. this year. So get it out of the way. Which I, I like that they're doing it when they're doing it. Me they too. they have not built this up at all. Totally agree. They're just like, oh, by the way, we're doing the lottery and Jack Hughes is a,
2: shocking he's a, where does, uh, and we have no idea yet but where does Jack Hughes rank at in the uh, among recent franchise centers that have come
1: out let's go McDavid it's not Connor McDavid it's so not honestly. McDavid how far are you going McKinnon thrown in there too yeah I would go McDavid Matthews, McKinnon Hughes, Eichel that would be my rank so he's number four um, okay but we haven't seen sense. enough of him I mean it's possible agreed
0: yeah.
2: does the size matters. No, Mc- are you Mc- worried McIn- about his size Jack Hughes size
1: uh, in the sense that i 'd rather have Matthews than him because Matthews is a giant, yeah, but i'm not concerned about it
2: okay, so he's five ten so and i i don't you know sure. when i when I stand next to him i'll i 'll know how tall he really is because the n h l never gives you real heights, but yeah. Yeah. I mean it matters in
1: matchups defensively, all that stuff
2: yeah.
1: we'll see, but you 're comparing him to to franchise altering centers, with the yeah. exception of Michael well, I guess Nick I mean David that's listens. how he's
2: being billed though isn't it? yeah, so does he have the ability because of those deficiencies look i I know people get angry when you talk about size mattering. it does matter at especially
1: at this position, especially if you're the number one overall pick too, well,
0: yeah. especially when you're supposed to be the franchise center that changes the game like I mean that's there are expectations for you that are different.
1: It is crazy, though, that when you look at those other four guys we just listed, McKinnon has changed the Avalanche, Matthews has changed the Leafs, McDavid hasn't changed the Oilers. There's he's, nothing he can, he's doing. There's nothing everything he, can, he can, can do. He's
0: literally the Oilers.
1: There's literally he nothing he can do. He beat do. the Coyotes by himself. He did.
0: Like, I know we joke about that, but watch Edmonton play any games this year. Even if you didn't watch the Coyotes game, it is it is mind-boggling how literally everything they do is with McDavid. I'll everything go, they he do kills
1: the penalty. I mean, he does everything. everything. I'll go back to the point. They don't touch the puck when McDavid's on the bench. He could score. A, he could put up 150 points. They would not make the playoffs. <laughs> so <laughs> <sad>. good luck. <laughs> good job, Edmonton. Yeah, that's uh, that's less than <clears throat> ideal. Are you? You look okay. orchestrating. Oh, okay. He's dancing. I don't know if did you want to sing. No, no
2: does, see, you, never mind. You can't sing. No, Canada. That was my. It's time for a Segway, Luke. That's not a radio
1: sign. That's a. That's a hit it's, B it's sharp. It's just a sign. It's it's, it's orchestra. Uh, NHL player tracking. What about it? Go.
0: <laughs> I like it. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yes. It's in the notes. So I feel like we should talk about it because Craig well, obviously it's, I mean, it's to. just all this data
2: are going to be available to all NHL teams now. I'm sure a lot of teams are accessing data, but it's going to be this abundance of data. But every team will have it. <clears throat> every team will have it. But again, it's going to come down to what you do with it, right? It's just raw data at that point. It's how you interpret it. It's how you utilize it and, and implement it. Well,
1: I'm assuming yeah. Edmonton will burn the papers. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. That's right. Because fancy witchcraft. stats, they don't mean it. <laughs> exactly. It's witchcraft. That's right. Uh, but, so
2: it's going to be interesting, though. And, and and I'm I'm fascinated as much with how well it's going to work, right? Because yes. there will be glitches along the way. There are going to be issues with it. But we're going to be seeing it rolling out soon. And it, it's going to give us so much better A a much better read on the game. I'm I'm also curious about how we can improve goaltending stats because right now they all stink. They all stink. Even the stuff where – if you go on three different sites to look at high danger save percentage, you'll find three different numbers for every goalie because everybody's tracking it differently. And there are so many variables at play there, whether it's puck position, screens, deflections – Strength of the shot, right? Because so much of it is right now is just by zones. Oh, the shot was taken from the zone. Well, he flubbed the shot. Yeah. Yeah. Or he was screened or the goalie had to move from left to right or all all that stuff that you have to take into account. It's hard. It's really hard to do, but –
0: and it's going to take some time, too, because to generate the most accurate numbers there, you have to look at standard deviations, and you're going to have to collect a lot of data to go, in this situation, yes. the average, this, this shot is saved X percentage of the time, and then find out which goalies are saving that, how many standard deviations above the league average to find out, and then combine all that together. Like It's going to take several years' worth of data to even get to numbers that are reliable, but it's a good start.
1: Back to Craig's point, because Jamie's speaking a different language now. It, it's really tough. I mean, it, it, what you're talking about, that's the sort of stuff that's not really going to be available mainstream for years and years and years. Each individual team, and they already are, has to be doing this on their own behind closed doors. And Jamie's right. It, it's not just, hey, this number compares to this. You actually, I mean, the standard deviation is going to matter to all the teams mm-hmm. except, again, Edmonton. They'll just blame it on Toby Reader. But at the same time, this is important to evaluating how you're actually going to win? If that if that material is there for all these teams, it's going to separate the smart teams that much more because they're Absolutely. going to look at it.
2: Absolutely, the and right there's some
1: teams that have a head start, right? There's some teams that have been doing it better than others for
2: a few years here, and they know what to do with it. But it's also going to be incumbent on teams to bring in staff that know how to analyze and implement what they're finding through this data. I agree. <laughs> <laughs> wow
1: that was, that was good stuff uh, Want to go back in.
0: Into standard deviations again Or are we good No we're, we're go good
1: for Peace on the show You're joining the Peace Corps That no. you said uh, NCAA hockey tournament ASU gets in It gets bounced In the first round Did you
2: guys see The disallowed goal
1: I did yeah, not it, Yeah I w- I would have just liked them to win one game. Yeah. I mean, it's it's very impressive to be one of the top 16 teams, so don't get me wrong. I'm, I'm happy with the season they had. It would have been cool if you just win one game, because then everybody nationally has to take notice of you. Mm-hmm. But, uh, I mean, great showing this year, by yeah, the way. And yeah, and it was a tight, tight game too. Yeah. to lose
2: 2-1. Yeah, that that hurts. It, it, I agree with you. It would have capped everything off. If they won one game, I, I would not have cared what else they did in this yeah. tournament. But still, they have arrived on the national scene, and I... I mean, I don't know how long it's going to take to get that arena. The original plans sound like they're, they've are they been delayed, but...
1: Uh, that's when, never happened before. When that
2: thing's in place,
1: this, there's just nothing holding back this program. Yeah. They have so many advantages. They really do. Uh, the CWHL, that was kind of abrupt. It's just gone now. Yeah. yeah. The way they announced it was definitely abrupt.
0: That that league's had some troubles for a number of years now. Uh, yeah. and, and I mean, both them and the NWHL have had different struggles at different times. It's... It's sad to see you. You because CWHL for a while there was really the only place in North America where women's hockey players could go and make any sort of money, not much, yeah, uh, but it was something. And again, when these when leagues like this fold, it's never good. I, I don't know what the solution is. I know a lot of people are looking to the NHL uh, to say, hey, "Can can you yeah you hope the N W create something step in right? You would hope, but they have. You know they've been trying to help the Connecticut Whale. Like I don't know if they have the finances to absorb even one or
2: two right. CWHL teams. I just there's there's just such a, a a massive societal issue at play here with women's sports in particular. And and look, in comparing the NHL to this game, of course the NHL players are better. But I have I have such an issue, and I have daughters too, so this really bugs me. I have such an issue with the way women are socialized to, you know, to relate to sports mm-hmm. and, and the way men are socialized to, re- to relate to women's sports. Title IX has made, has made such a difference in college athletics, but we have to get to a point where we just we, – we where we can view women, where we can view girls in the same light with the same – truly the same opportunities and view them as athletes. Just view them as athletes. Stop – Stop putting them in this box where it's well. It's women's sports. How many times do you hear that when we talk about, it? especially this time of year? Yeah, you hear about it all the time. In I, I March. even I even have a problem with titles of leagues where it's the National Hockey League or and, and when it's a women's sport, you have to mention the fact that women. It's women. WNBA. We don't do that NHL. for men's sports. We don't say it's the men's league. Yeah, there's there's such a subtle issue at play there, and it it really is. It impacts the way we perceive it, or the the way we perceive it impacts those titles. I don't know how you get there. Uh, through education, obviously, that's the main issue, but we need to get there. We need to get there.
1: And I'm with you, but there's so many different factors here at play because there is just the, what you're talking about, if there's just guys out there that are ignorant and just don't want to see women play professional sports. And, and, it, it, look, and we'll badmouth them just for no other reason than they're women. That's the difference. It's a women's game. If so, you don't uh, want to watch, you yeah. don't have to watch. That's yeah. It's entertainment and yeah. spend your money however you want, but... To then go out of your way to make sure other people don't watch, that's where it's like, okay, what do do you – why? Why why does it matter? If it doesn't matter to you, it doesn't matter to you. You shouldn't be trying to tear it down. But the flip side is, as a business model, you have to find a way for it to actually make money too and be sustainable. I don't have the answer for you, but I don't think having competing women's leagues is the answer. No, I agree with you there. Yeah, and, and the
2: revenue model is difficult because it's it's again it's dealing with that societal issue that we're talking and about. And you're starting from scratch, we're just not viewed in the same light.
0: And you're starting from almost scratch. You don't have this, this years years of pedigree that that's been earning you a lot of profit. It's yeah, it's so tough because of the finances of the situation. Because the, the the best way to truly be equal and entice the best women's athletes in the world to play is to be able for them to earn an actual living. Playing that sport, yeah. And until that, until they can do that, it's you're still you're going to be losing people along the way because it's not it's not an attainable dream if you can't ever if you can't feed yourself, even if you're the best athlete in your if sport. They have a
1: side job, yeah, yeah. It, yeah. It's just
2: it's it, right. It, it how, how does that ever become a realistic goal for you? But it does. We don't get there until society starts viewing women exactly. as professional athletes.
1: Period. Stop. Full stop. Right there. I would say it could still. And we can still be a realistic goal for you, but you're not – even the best athletes aren't going to be at the top of their game if they can't commit all their resources and time to being – I mean, the yeah. best NHL players, that's their life is yep. to be the best. They don't – they're not working a, another job.
0: Look, and, and over at the Defunct Fan Reg Sports, we had a lot of NWHL reporters, and we found out a lot of information like Kate Semini and others would, would write stories about how – they have equipment issues. They, they, you know, they, they would only be allocated a certain amount of equipment, and then the equipment wouldn't come in, and they couldn't afford. I mean, there were just things that are not even a thought in the NHL. You never go to a game and go, "I wonder if they have enough sticks for the guys to play tonight. I maybe in Ottawa, <laughs> but like that's not even a thought. Like you, like they don't. It's just it's there's so many barriers mm-hmm. to being successful that I, that there are a lot of female athletes out there that go. You know what? It's not even worth it. It's not even worth it for me because if I, it, no matter how good I am, I can't even afford to play the sport, even though I, I can compete at such a high level.
1: Well, and if you, even if you just have like four of them say that, you've you've already lowered the, uh, the, the ceiling that your product can hit. Do you want to get to some of these 900 listener questions? <laughs> yes. Sure. Let's start with Chris in Phoenix. He just sent it in, so it's like okay. he knew we were at this point in the show. Lawson Kraus appears to be a core player going forward for the Coyotes. Do you expect them to simply sign a one-year RFA deal or sign him to a longer-term contract? How many years and how much AAV do you expect him to get?
2: <laughs> Craig.
0: Wow. Yeah, Craig.
1: <laughs> wow. Uh, uh,
2: discussions are ongoing. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know the terms of the deal. I don't know the terms of the deal. I do know that they plan to sign Lawson Kraus. And yes. not for one year. They want, you know, and I wouldn't imagine it would be for one year. But we'll see how what that thing looks like. They do want him to be a part of this team.
1: He was one of the better players on the ice. He sure nice was. Night.
2: He yeah. was one of their very best last night.
1: That was the sort of, Minnesota was very physical in that game at times. And you could tell like, that's the sort of game Kraus doesn't mind playing. More so than anybody on the Coyotes. Eh, I mean, Labushkin but Kraus he's got that speed up and down the ice. He was fine. This like Minnesota's like we're going to hit people and Kraus is like, "All right, I'm in. Let's do it." Um there's a lot of bachelor questions on here, so <laughs> I'll just keep scrolling. <laughs> wow, there's a lot of them. All right, you guys talk while I find a non bachelor question. Hi,
2: Jamie. How are you today? I'm doing um, great, Craig. How are you? Good to hear hate this decision. It's here. just uh, such a fluid show. Isn't this yeah, it? is Will from yes. Thomas. We'll probably just cut this all out. No, it's surprising we'll, we'll that come we, to this We spent five
0: now. minutes pre-show talking about how we were going to answer questions. I have
1: the question here. You guys haven't. Oh, uh, oh, are you ready talking. for us? Yes. Okay. This is from Thomas. Are the Coyotes becoming a place for free agents and players to waive NTCs given the season they're having and culture they've? Built. I, I say that's an
2: overstatement. Yeah. Um, I think money talks. In most of these situations, money talks. Yes, agents will talk about the instability of this franchise and where are they going to be in a couple years. I think that's a talking point, a negotiating point for agents. In the end, money talks, and that's where the issue lies with the Coyotes. Until they get that ownership situation resolved, there is a Well, there's a finite amount of cash for every team to spend, but there's less in that finite amount of cash for the Coyotes to spend. And that's their issue in free agency. We saw it last summer when they were going after JVR. They got priced out of that market. Now, you can say JVR shouldn't have been paid as much as he was, but... You know, if the Coyotes had that money to spend, I suspect they would have gone after him. Still, they just couldn't afford what Philadelphia paid for him.
0: I would say a, a very incremental improvement, only because it now looks like they have a clear path to the postseason very soon, which it didn't look like one or two years ago.
1: Christina wrote in with a couple questions, but uh, essentially asking about Jordan Osterley, what you've seen from him this season, and Alex Galchenyuk. He's been playing on the fourth line. His ice time's taken a, a, a hit. I mean, he scored the goal, the, the game winner, I guess, against Minnesota. He's still the team leader in goals. So I want to focus on that one. Alex Galchenyuk getting fourth-line minutes, playing on the fourth line, but he is your team leader in goals. It's not really putting him in a position to keep scoring. I agree, um, but
2: he, he's he been in quite a cold spell here. You know, He, he looked like he had turned a corner uh, maybe a month ago, and then he, he went cold again. Um, I do think... It would help him to play with more skill, and it would be nice to have Nick Schmaltz in the lineup and see how that filtered through the uh, the center lineup. But, you know, he was uh, Rick Tockett was asked about Alex Galchenyuk two games ago, and his response was, well, he's trying. So Alex Galchenyuk needs to produce. Yeah. He needs to produce. And now that he's on the fourth line, well, that's – I mean, that's sort of a statement of, hey, you haven't been doing enough for
1: us. Part of it is balancing the lines. There's that as well. But – he needs to produce, but this sort of goes back to the conversation we were having last week when we were answering listener questions. And you said, and I, I mean, I know you've talked to coaches that Rick Tockett has said this: certain players get special treatment. They just do. Well, wouldn't Alex Galchenyuk be one of those players? I, I, I'd have to check, but doesn't he have more career goals than anybody on this team? I mean, if you're going to give special treatment to somebody, shouldn't it be somebody that's actually done something in this league before? Yeah, I'm not saying you should. I hate the idea of special treatment to your young players because, well, they're not going to develop if you do that. But uh, it is weird if if that's what he does for you to have him on the fourth line. And yet it's working because he scored the game winner. <laughs> so I mean, and it's look, tough to, to you're, question you're, talk at this season.
0: You're in a weird spot right now. You're you're, you're on the, the cusp of trying to make the playoffs. You don't have time to let guys work through things for the final three or four games of the season.
1: There could be a little tough love going on here, too. With Alex. Okay, but, I mean, we'll just go back. They're not doing that with Keller. They are with
2: Galchenyuk. Right. They are with Chikrin. With Galchenyuk's a little bit older. I think they think he's a little bit more mature and can Chikrin's handle it. Chikrin's not older. Right? Oh, look, we, can, we but can't... But Jacob Chikrin's in a different situation, too. you got to look at the individual, too. Look, you got to trust the coach a little bit to understand the uh, mindset of the player. You also have to look at the situation on defense. Well, they have veterans that can step in and fill in for Jacob Chikrin if he's struggling. And he was struggling. He was making mistakes with the puck. So you have veterans who you can push into the lineup. And, and you know, at this time of year when you're pushing for a playoff spot, that's that's not a bad move anyway. With Clayton Keller, I mean, fair or unfair, you we, take him out, yeah. who are you putting in? Yeah. you, you got to ask that question. And you look at his age. You look at his makeup. What are they trying to do here? They're trying to let him work through some of this, figure it out. Rick Tockett wants to see the effort at times – You and I both know we haven't seen it defensively, but he, yeah, he's getting a longer leash. There's no question about it that Clayton Keller is getting a longer leash, but he is not producing. He is not doing much of anything for them right now. And I can tell you definitively that if he were playing like this, and this was still December, he'd be sitting out. He would be in the press box.
1: He would have to. I mean, at a certain point. He would be. You can't, and I'll just be clear. As much as I like Chickren, he's got to be sitting right now, because they need to win games one or two to nothing, and he was a mistake machine in the final Yeah, and they were egregious
2: mistakes with the puck.
1: Yeah. Um, but, and we said this last week, you can't sit Keller now, you've got two weeks left in your season, but yeah, if he's playing like this next year, I mean, he, I don't think he's developing at this point, and, and I understand why they're out there, why he, he has to play, because... If he can make a pass that sets up a goal, they need that right now. Yeah. But if this is happening next, it won't happen in October. He's an all star in October. But if it gets to December, he's going to have to sit because he's, not not as a punishment thing, but to give him a different perspective. He's got to be a little more fearless
2: and a little more passionate in his game. And well, I know that's that's easy to say. Oh well, why can't he be like Lawson Krause? Well, Lawson Krause is a really is big body, so he can, he can yeah he can run around in those those hard areas and and not worry as much as Clayton Keller. But Clayton Keller needs to be a little more fearless.
1: Uh, Let's see, this is from Tom, not Thomas. Okay. Is the, quote, no fans because the rink isn't the East Valley thing a myth? Uh, The quotes are in the wrong spots here, Tom. But I like the question. Is the no fans because the rink isn't in the East Valley thing a myth? What would it take to see the Coyotes reach the uh, late 90s popularity levels in the Valley? I remember them featuring heavily on the old Golic Jacobs radio morning show back in the day, for example. Well, first of all, Bruce Jacobs was a huge hockey fan and still is. But he likes the Rangers, so he's not real happy right now.
2: Yeah. Um,
1: Location matters. Absolutely matters.
2: That has been a factor in their attendance. So does consistent winning. You need to win. Those teams that played at America West Arena... While they didn't win a playoff series the entire time they were there, they were good teams. They won. They made the playoffs. They were good teams. And had players people would pay to come see. Yeah. I, yep. I don't yep. think the that
0: Coyotes too. have a fan problem. They have an attendance problem.
1: Yeah, that's, a, that's an interesting way to put it.
0: Because, look, there, there's not, there are not as many Coyotes fans as there are Blackhawks fans or Rangers fans or Maple Leafs fans. Okay, that, that, that's understood They're for a litany of reasons. But we have seen this team sell out in multiple arenas in the the Phoenix area at different times. The the key is you have to put on a product that people want to see, and it would really help if you don't make it a giant pain in the you-know-what to get there.
1: And that's not on the Coyotes, that's just... It's just the
0: fact of life. It's on
2: Steve Ellman. Okay, but he's not... But that's, I mean, it endures. Yeah. (laughs) The curse of Steve Ellman endures. Uh, But it's interesting what Jamie just said, too. uh, You know, they had players that people came to see. Now, I think... But Your core of Coyotes fans love this team. They know the personalities. They get it. But the Coyotes don't have a star. They may have a star power issue, too. Mm-hmm. They'd hoped that Clayton Keller would be that, but he's, you know, he, hasn't, he hasn't done it this season. And let's face it, Clayton Keller is not great in front of the cameras or in front of the mics either. And that helps, too. You don't have a Jeremy Roenick or a Keith Kachuk, two bigger-than-life personalities who really extreme, sold the though. game. But, but, but You don't extreme. have a Shane Doan anymore, either. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oliver is, uh, you know, he's— The next Bachelor? Well, he's. I mean, he's been. He's really grown. and He's really played well of late. But in terms of, you know, he, he's People, still Swedish, come right? And see, defenseman though. Like they, that's the well, problem. They,
0: they could. They I might. mean, if, it,
2: if it's an Eric Carlson or some someone, they might. But there's, yeah, there, there are barriers with, with like, OEL too.
0: Like, like, and, and this is not just an Arizona thing. There was I was watching the Sunday night baseball game last night. It had the Phillies in it, and they were talking about how the Phillies again in Philadelphia. That you cannot question a sports market in Philadelphia. They were last year. They were twelfth in the national league out of fifteen teams in attendance. Twelfth. They signed Bryce Harper and McCutcheon, but particularly Bryce Harper, and they've sold out. They sold out all three games to open the season. They had four sellouts the entire season last year. Stars matter. Stars matter. People yeah. come to see stars, and yeah, Oliver ekman Larson might be there. Auntie Ronta when healthy, might be there. But you need offensive stars. Unfortunately, that is – people come to see offense. And and if you want to grab the casual fan, which you have to in every single market, you have to grab the casual fan on some level.
1: Bingo. That's what you need. I I hear what you guys are saying. But to me, star power is a distant third to winning and – it's not, it's not just location. We've talked about this in the past. You're never going to get walk-up traffic to a game when you are located not 30 minutes outside of Phoenix, an hour and a half and outside near of Phoenix. Phoenix. It's, I mean, not from downtown, right? But,
2: no, but, but you're near nothing. But, but when the core of your season ticket holders are on the east side of town, when like like 75% of your core, premium all season, season ticket holders are on the east side of town.
1: And that's, like that's the
0: point. It's not just it's in a meh spot. It's in a terrible spot. And it's there's it not an ways to get
1: negative. there. I mean, you, you if you don't live yeah. here, you don't know, but the main... The main road to get there goes right through downtown Phoenix and rush hour the on a Tuesday. The only
2: east-west road for most of most of the yeah. citizens of this city. And Man, we, it's
1: not like get to downtown. You then that, have to drive 20 miles. When that southern freeway downtown. opens this fall,
2: that'll help. Oh, God, it'll help me so much. But I, I always think about this, and I know we're getting way off the rails here, but why didn't they ever put the 60 through the city? Can you imagine having a second why? belt through the, through the middle of the city? It just you, want, seems you want to so, talk about ADOT on just, the show? Let's just dump it into 10. You know, let's dump
1: that into 10. Let's dump everything into the 10. And then, and then let's and close then, the 10. Yeah. <laughs> let's, yes. let's restrict the lanes on the, the,
0: ten. the reality is, is, and for those of you that are not in, that are listening to us outside of Arizona. Oh,
1: they've stopped listening at this point. <laughs>
0: <laughs> the money in this town, the majority of it's in the East Valley. Yep. Period. There, there's no debate about that. The money is in the East Valley. A lot of people work in the East Valley. and A lot of people work downtown. People don't commute to Glendale to work. So okay. you're not getting people that are leaving their office building and say, oh, you know what? It's seven o'clock on a Thursday night. You know what? Let's go see a hockey game. You can't. They could have done that 10 years ago, or whatever, how many years ago now it is, but they can't do that now.
1: I would just say yesterday's game, after that that uh, potentially demoralizing loss to Colorado, was on a Sunday, and the team has been winning, and it sold out. Yep. And I'm not saying every game would sell out if they were winning, but it's a lot easier to get to Glendale on the weekend than it is on yes. Tuesday they're, at 6 p.m. Yes, yes. Saturday we'll at what, what do you think yeah.
2: Tuesday brings against the Kings? And you know a quote rival. I know the Kings aren't good this year, but it's a rival. Do you think that crowd is going to be huge? It's tough to get out there. Yes, I think location is the biggest factor.
0: Their Saturday attendance through the years is so much better than their their week midweek attendance. They've sold out every single playoff game. I, I, I just I don't think they have an issue filling the building. I have the issue where the building is. Yeah.
1: I couldn't agree more because I, look, I know if you don't live here, if you live in Toronto or whatever, you look and you say, okay, these teams have have attendance issues or whatever. It must all be the same. It's different for every city. I don't live in Sunrise or Ottawa or whatever. But
0: well, Ottawa has a similar issue with their arena. But I don't where
1: know they what their are relative to the, the
0: population. Like. I mean,
1: cause it's one thing to say, oh, the arena is twenty five miles outside of, of downtown Phoenix or whatever, but it's another thing to say you also can't drive there.
0: Depends which twenty five
1: miles. Ottawa and Florida are the two worst arena. But can you yeah. get there? Can you actually drive, or is I mean, is it just gridlock to get? Well,
2: there? It, well, Florida is I – mean, Florida is bad. Florida yeah. traffic is bad during that time. So at their location when you go to it – and look, I understand they had their own reasons for going there with you know what it would have cost. They weren't going to team with the Miami Heat. It's tough to build an arena in that real estate. So they yeah. chose to go where they went. But it's hard to get to Sunrise and, and that game. I mean I was tweeting to you – guys or texting to you guys. I mean – there was a while there where I thought we were going to have 3,000 fans in the building. I thought, I think it got up to like six or seven, but that's that's what Florida's facing. And that, that arena is really tough to get to. And Ottawa is I mean, Ottawa's not as big. It's not going to have the traffic issues that Phoenix does, but
1: Kanata's pretty darn far outside the city. Yeah. Here, I got three more for you, and then we're going to Are wrap Are they all, it all up.
0: arena questions? No.
1: Uh, let's see. Let's go with Gilbert. How long until the NHL gets rid of the shootout? Don't like that deciding who gets the second point. And I know we touched on it. Do I don't you think they'd ever actually change it?
0: soon because I, I don't know what the other solu- the other solution is. Ties and I think they're more Extended afraid of OT ties. Stand
1: and tie is the
2: other yeah, solution. I think but, they're more afraid of ties than shootouts. They probably are because I think so many people are opposed to ties. But let's do the ten minute OT. how About Kevin, sweaters or jerseys? <laughs> Ugh, I hate sweaters. I know a lot of people say sweaters. I hate that word. I'll yeah. always say jersey. Okay. I don't even care if it's accepted parlance that it's sweaters in the NHL. I hate that word. You made Craig use the word sweater. parlance. It's not a sweater. A sweater is something that I wear to be warm in New England.
0: <laughs> <laughs> on when a, you're painting on a crisp of fall day. On a crisp fall yes. day with a cup of chowder.
1: You're yes. walking through one of those like bridges that has a tunnel over it. Right. That's, right, that's right, right. The
0: leaves blowing yeah. in the background.
1: Yeah. Right. Okay. So we're unanimous on jerseys so yeah.
0: Yes. I only say sweaters ironically.
1: Um, let's see best worst April Fools prank experiences.
0: I don't really this, have a this lot is but from
1: imagine the garbage pail kids but in outer space and there's a couple questions here. So,
0: I am so glad that I'm not working my old job today cuz April 1st as an editor for a sports company that aggregates news is a minefield for disaster. <laughs> True. It's an absolute minefield for disaster and yeah. it was and it's just it's not great.
1: We had – freshman year of college, somebody set up – He it was like our neighbor. He set up the, the – he took like a KFC bucket and filled it with water, and he spent like his entire day – this is how hard he worked in college – setting it so that when you open the door, it would fall and dump on you. And then he went to get food and forgot, and he's the one that did it to himself before anybody else could even do it. <laughs> Perfect. Classic. But the ultimate joke was on us because it was our apartment, so there was just a puddle of water building mm. in our our front room, which was like three feet wide. Mm. Uh, this is more from Imagine the Garbage Pail Kids, but in outer space. Who's the scapegoat for the Sabers not having a regulation win last month? Oh, <laughs> well, that's a problem. The entire city. <laughs> um, uh, what a mess.
2: I I don't know. But I don't mess. know. What I I, I
0: That team needs. I don't, don't know welcome. what they need. I'm just, I'm just, I'm not even mad at them anymore. I'm just disappointed.
1: Yeah. And that makes it the worst. Yeah. I've, I've reached the point of pity. I I've pity them. have reached the point of, no, I don't pity nah, them. I don't They keep them. getting a top pick every year. They don't deserve it. The fans.
2: I pity the fans. Yeah. That's a tough yeah. situation. But at least you have it's a, Eichel. It's a and good Dahlien. hockey city. It's a good fan
1: base. And whew, man, what have you had to cheer for? Uh, last one from, from this, uh, this tweet. If Montreal misses the playoffs, how long until the media turns on Max Domi? It's not be this uh, year.
0: I don't know if Max You're Domi's first in line right. for agreed their, their hatred. I think Jonathan Juan might be higher on that list.
1: I think it would be a couple years of them missing the playoffs.
0: Yeah, I, I don't. I think Bergevin is the one that's on the. will be the one that gets. Did they blamed. really expect to make the playoffs this season? They shouldn't have. No. But if they miss, it's not the, like they had a good season. They overperformed.
2: I mean, if they get zero points the rest of the year, they've overperformed. Max Domi has been pretty consistent the entire season. He had a short cold spell, but he made up for it. He's been pretty consistent the whole season. He's got seventy points.
1: How are I, yeah, you going to turn on him? He would basically have to trail off considerably next year, and they'd have to miss again yeah, next year. That, yeah, yeah. Then I could see it. Yeah. Um, but uh, I
0: don't it, know. I mean, it's not like they're paying him that much either. I'm no.
1: Like, and I think that they just. I don't live up there, but it really felt like Galchenyuk was their scapegoat for everything. Mm-hmm. And so that simply because they got Domi for Galchenyuk, I think he's going to be seen in a more positive no, way. No, I,
0: I know who it's going to be. It's P.K. Subban's fault. <laughs> i
2: it, <laughs>
1: well, sure it's not Toby Reader's fault. How
2: long do you think it will be f- before Blackhawk fans turn on Dylan Strome? Before they realize? Because it's still the, the narrative from my... Uh, Based on my timeline, the narrative is still that Dylan Strome is on fire with the Blackhawks. Well, Dylan Strome has one point in his past seven games. He has one goal in March. When the Blackhawks needed Dylan Strome most during their playoff push, Dylan Strome hasn't done much. That whole and Brendan Perlini dried had his nice little run, yeah. but Brendan Perlini is still who we think he is. And Brendan Perlini was a healthy scratch in their last game. Yeah, there. he is who we thought. Again.
1: He was. It is possible as much as as I like Strome and Perlini were two of my favorite people on the Coyotes great, great guys but well, I love Brendan Perlini and and I do think Strom is going to be good in this league we talked about it when that trade was made if if he ends up in a situation like he just ended up in but it is very possible the Coyotes won that trade and I think even if we see next year that the Coyotes won the trade, people aren't going to acknowledge it till like two years down the line. It, it, it all depends on Strom
2: because yeah. to me, Perlini, I, I know what he is well, it at, on at his age now. Yeah, well, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah the but, two centers, yeah, it's the two centers. It's yeah. Brendan Perlini is who he is at this age, and he's just yeah. going to be this guy who is inconsistent. Yeah. And I don't know what his future holds. He shows you those flashes where it's just like, oh my goodness, the size, the speed, the shot. He's got yeah. the tools. But he never seems to put it all together. But Dylan Strome, if he produces the way he was producing earlier the season, if he's like close to a point-per-game player, then yeah, the Blackhawks would be thrilled with it. But again, looking at what Nick Schmaltz could do and the way he fits what the Coyotes want to do, I understand this trade. He still has to live up to it. Mm-hmm. If he doesn't live up to it, then yeah, they'll, they'll be deemed losers of the trade. But good God, we can't judge this trade yet. How can you judge a trade when one player is injured? Also, people do. I know. Also, I, think I saw it all yesterday. This all be, they, the Blackhawks fleeced them. What? Yeah. How, how do you even know yet? It's absurd. The analysis is childish on Twitter. This will all be a mo- childish. This you yes, be so a, you're just getting yeah. here now.
1: Yeah. I know.
0: This will all be a moot point when Strump's centering Kanan Panarin next year. So it's all right.
1: Uh, we have a lot of <laughs> questions here, Sorry, I didn't even hear Jamie, Jamie's Jamie I song. said
0: this would all be a moot point when oh. Strom is just centering Kane, yeah, and, pa- Kane and Panera a, next year. Those two anyway. guys are like, yeah,
1: I will have 100 points
2: <laughs> by doing absolutely nothing other than just giving them by a By just punch.
0: existing on the ice.
2: Yes. Being
0: slightly better than Artem and Isimov.
1: Um, here, wow, there's, there's... Who also had a great year playing with yes. Patrick Kane. <laughs> wow, there's a lot more here. Okay, let's uh, let's do three more and that's it. Okay. Wow. Coyote Steve, when we look at our roster from start of season to now, who do we have on our roster that we would consider core going forward, and which names have fallen off and are being added to the list? When you look at the roster right now, it's pretty clear we talked
2: about core players. Oliver Ekman, Larson, and... uh Jacob Chikrin on defense. Are we talking core for the future? Or are we talking like five years or core? for
1: like next year? <laughs> uh, let's just say who you're building around for the next couple of years. Yeah,
2: well, those two guys on defense, Oliver eggman Larsen and Jacob mm-hmm. Chikrin, are core pieces for a long time here. The you know the other veterans only have a, a couple of years left on mm-hmm. their contracts. So when you say
1: core, are you, just to clarify, are we saying like untouchable in trades or just this well, is who nobody's we're untouchable around nobody's in untouchable in okay. trades. But
2: but, but how, you, players you envision the team being built around those two guys on defense if we're looking you know if we're looking past 2020 2021 20, 20, those are two the two guys on defense the, the centers that we just mentioned uh, the, mm-hmm. the way the Coyotes envision their depth chart right now and it should be clear by the numbers they handed out to those mm-hmm. other two guys is Barrett Hayton number one Nick Schmaltz number two Christian Dvorak number three those are your top three centers. So those guys are core pieces. Clayton Keller, they still view as a core piece, without a doubt. I think, you know, he's not going to be the type of productive player that those other guys we're talking about are, but I think Lawson Krause is a core piece, too, and they're going to re-sign him beyond that. Alex Galchenyuk, maybe we'll we'll You'd see hope, how they feel about him. That's the interest. You'd thing. hope yeah. if,
0: if he can, but look he's got another year, right?
2: So yeah. they can they can judge it. Mm-hmm. They have enough time to judge
1: whether they want to commit too. to him. I mean, he's still going to lead the team in goals, probably. I mean, if, yep. it, what are you, what are you looking for from Galchenyuk? Thirty goals? Yes. yes. Okay. Yes, yes, they need him to be a thirty goal scorer,
2: and he can do it. We've seen him do it.
1: He's done it even in a bad situation. And he may to get to twenty
2: this year, but he, he's missed some time. He hasn't missed that much time. No, I mean, yeah. But people, I day. think when people look at the game, number of games, they're like, okay, well, he didn't produce enough in the games played. You have to remember how. How much adjustment time there is when you come back from an injury before you feel right. And that was probably a month for him. And adjusting to this And a new team, yeah. yeah like, that too. Yes, we watched exactly. this whole team struggle for exactly. the entire first half last year because they couldn't adjust to, to talk it's but system. Next season will be a much better read on Alex. And I think they know that. That, that allows them to decide, okay, mm-hmm. do we commit to this guy long term as a goal scorer or do we need to move on? uh
1: loyal sif it's a long question but i'll just ask the the main part of it how do you feel about lubushkin how do you think the coyotes feel about lubushkin i I think they like his development right now
2: i i don't think lubushkin's ever going to be more than a depth player on your blue line but he can be a, a good depth player for you he he's a right shot that helps he gives you a physical presence you know that one guy that NHL teams still like to employ with a physical presence mm-hmm. on your blue line he can step in in situations where you need him to and he's more mobile than I thought he was actually and his uh, if you watch his game with a puck it's progressed quite a bit just this season mm-hmm. as he's gotten used to the smaller eye service and having to move the puck more quickly and because he has less space and time
0: yeah, yeah he's, he's a different he provides a different skill set than their other defensemen
1: last question this is from uh, runner I'm gonna I'm gonna mediate this a little bit. He said top five goals for Chica over the summer. How about just the top goal for Chica over Scoring the summer? Scoring wings. Yeah. Scoring wings. Two of them. Well, two? To... Do you think two? They for, need two. I, I don't know if they can
2: afford two. Uh-huh. I don't know if they can afford one. We could. They couldn't get yeah. JVR last summer. It all depends on ownership. That is the great yeah, issue good... here, as always. Luke, How much to... money do they have to spend? But they are paying their their
1: core players.
0: Which is good. But yeah, but when it comes to adding free agents. But weren't you supposed to look up for the show free
1: agents? Well, Cardi's good sign. We were going to do it in the off season, I thought, because oh. I actually did listen to last week's show, and uh, I remember saying that we are going to just do a show in the off season about. Well, fine. Sure. So take that, Jamie. Uh, I know this was Coyotes heavy. Next week is going to be much more NHL wide because of the playoffs. Maybe it'll still be Coyotes. Potentially, heavy Potentially, yeah, we're going to do two podcasts next week. So. Eastern Conference, Western Conference? Yeah. And I would assume we're just, we'll are just we throw news and notes and everything into the Eastern Conference one. Whichever
2: one we do first, yeah.
1: Because yeah. we we have a West Coast bias. We do. Somebody has to. to. Somebody needs yeah. to. Because yeah. everybody else has the East Coast bias. Uh, rate and review the show on iTunes Please. or wherever you listen. Please. If follow you, us on Twitter if you're not already. Yes. At The Natty Hattie. You should be uh, tweeting in questions right there. All right. That's going to do it for us. For Jamie Eisner. And Craig Morgan, I'm Luke Lipinski. Thanks for listening to the Natural Electric Podcast. Don't want the Oilers to trade dry on his 50 goals? <laughs> yes, to the Penguins.